1: for now
3: gold to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future go to noblegoldinvestments.com now noblegoldinvestments.com
1: this performance may not be indicative of future results investing in precious metals including gold involves risks consult your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision
4: all right folks welcome to Nino's corner yeah. TV i'm back again with Ali say aratan C. aratan right did i say it right yeah.
5: You
4: Uh, did. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Uh, I'd like to say thank you for joining me again. This is part two of a series of four. Um, He is the founder of ThinkAgainProductions.com, ThinkAgainProductions.com. And what's the name of the documentary you have out on YouTube right now? Uh, UFOs, Angels, and Gods. UFOs, Angels, and Gods. Now they're all related. And I have a really open mind. This kind of stuff to me is so intriguing. I love it. Um, and today's uh, segment, we're going to be talking about the sons of God, fathers of the hybrids.
5: Sure. Take it away, Ali. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Neil. Thanks for having me again. Uh, it's really been a pleasure chatting with you about these things. These are deep mysteries, and it's interesting that in our generation, this information is pouring out, it's coming out, and I'm not the only person talking about it, so it's, it's, it's not just one person's crazy ideas. It really is it's like a revelation coming to an entire generation because of the events that are happening in the world today I think we need to see these things and, and as strange as it may sound so last time we talked about the hybrids the Nephilim so in the modern-day UFO phenomenon which is right now having a huge resurgence um, researchers have discovered it was at the heart of the UFO phenomenon is a creation of hybrids and that that seems insane, but if you look at history, human history, you see that we we've, we've been talking about these things. Um, the Greeks talk about the Titans, uh, you know, the Indians, the Chinese, the Persians, the demigods. They're called the children of the gods and men, and the Bible talks about them as well. the The Bible calls them in Hebrew the Nephilim. Um, and it's they, they existed before the flood. That's what led to the flood. And they exist after the flood. You know, Goliath was a very famous Nephilim. He was a descendant of the Nephilim. You know, David killed him with a slingshot. Um, the children of Israel, when, when they're brought to this promised land, they say there's giants, and they, they're concerned about going in there. Who were these giants? Well, they were the children of the sons of God. So hybrids have existed throughout human history. They're not a new phenomenon. And the the whole you know concept of, um, of angels, and we talked about this, how the UFO phenomenon and the chariots uh, 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 that are in the Bible, there's angels travel in vehicles in the Bible, and we're seeing this uh, in our generation as well. But who were the parents of these hybrids? Why were they created? That's what we're going to talk about today. It's, it's, there's more information about that than the hybrids themselves. It says that the sons of God... And the daughters of men, the sons of God, looked at the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, took wives for themselves, and their offspring were the Nephilim, the giants, which then led to the flood. But who were these sons of God? Um, When you kind of uh, look at it in the Bible, what you see is that the, is a term for essentially what in English we call angels. So when God is having this conversation with Job, he tells them, you know, were you here when I created the earth and when the sons of God cried out for joy? So they were with him. But then we are told that there is a rebellion in this universe, in this cosmos, that this is a cosmic story, that you and I are creatures of a cosmic tale on this earth. We're kind of like spacemen. Even though we stand on the earth and we know our history with, with the nations and whatever, the brands of the various countries, but actually we're part of a very large story that involves these beings, God in the midst of and us. And so there's a rebellion, and one-third of these beings then go with this character. We don't know what his name is. We just have different titles for him. The Shining One, The Serpent, The Adversary, the accuser. We have all these names for him, you know—Satan, Lucifer, uh, the Nachash, which translates as serpent or the shining one. Because apparently, these guys have bodies of light, like gamma rays. You know, the, the, so but, but we don't know his actual name. So, but he is um, a very important it's character. Like he's right. like the general of these forces. Yeah, he's the general of these forces. Now, here's where the where the story gets interesting: is the relationship that happens after the flood. And this is something that I discovered. Um, we were doing a research, and uh, we were led... Uh, I, I, and I look back, I really think it was the hand of God. We were led to this mystery, which is in the Book of Revelation, which has to do with, you know, Jesus writing a letter to Pergamum, uh, which is a town in modern-day Turkey. And he says that the throne of Satan is there. And we're like, wow, the throne of Satan is in Pergamum? What does that even mean? So I went and looked it up. You know, this was kind of before the Internet age. So I looked up the library... And there was the altar to Zeus, the largest altar in the entire ancient world, in the Greco-Roman world, the most important altar to the chief deity of the Pantheon was in Pergamum. Sacrifices were held 24-7. And these guys, you know, discovered this altar in the 19th century, and they brought it to Berlin, where it's been assembled today, right now. And it was like, well, is there a connection between uh, Zeus, uh, the chief deity of the Greco-Roman Pantheon, and Satan—is that what Jesus is suggesting? Is he is he kind of connecting this to for uh, you know? But who was Zeus? Well, he was one of the gods. Well, who were the gods? So then I, I kind of started to look into the word gods in the Bible, and I found close to a thousand verses in the Bible that talked about the gods, and it talked about them as though they were real beings. In fact, God—you know—the the God that we all think of, God—God God is referred to as the God of gods. It's one of his official titles over and over in the Bible. God of gods, right? El Elohim, right? Like in Deuteronomy 10, and it was, and these two beings were, were were chastised. They were told to worship God. Um, they were judged, like in the story of the Exodus, where God comes and judges the gods of Egypt. And once I I printed it out, I had a program that could isolate any word in the Bible. I printed it out. I sat down. It took me a few hours, and I read all the verses with the word gods in it. And I realized that, you know, even in the New Testament, Paul talks about the gods of Greeks as being demons. He says that. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. But he's actually quoting the book of Deuteronomy, uh, because, uh, for, you know, from the writings of Moses, where, where Moses called the gods of the Egyptians demons. And I was like, wow, so, so they actually talked about these beings. that, And so who are these guys? So I started to dig deeper past this idea that, that this was just myth that these creatures were just like the figments of people's imaginations. And what I discovered was that all the civilizations of the earth attribute their genesis to the gods. Let me give you an example. If you look back from where you and I stand in history, the most recent example is the birth of Islam. So you've got this... Um, uh, Persian and Greek civilizations uh, flanking the Arabian desert. The, the Arabs are oral, you know, people. They don't have writing, and one of them says, "You know what? I'm receiving a download from Allah," and he he starts to recite it. That's what Quran means, recitation. And boom, there's a there's a text. They write it down, and that becomes their understanding of the world. They now have a worldview. They understand right and wrong, who God is, or who man is, what they're supposed to do, and energized, they rise, and within 100 years, they conquer the Persian and Greek empires other than the heartland of Greece, Athens, stands, and the Islamic world is born with that understanding. The Islamic civilization is born. So, wow, there's a download. And you go to the story of Moses, you know, Moses... You know they come out of this egyptian slavery moses goes on top of a mountain he receives a download the five books of moses he comes back down boom the hebrew civilization is born they have priests they have kings they have an understanding of life of the world of the afterlife of right and wrong of who god is and those codes that moses bring become the foundation of the judeo-christian world even to this day we still our laws are still taken from the ten commandments so it has a far you know reaching influence um the story of jesus oh you know god comes to the earth he becomes a man okay he talks he talks about three years where in a colony of the roman empire he's you know uh killed as a common criminal in a small town uh for you know for the time of rome and um, and yet his teachings change the roman empire as they pour out the entire roman world ...gets altered. They let go of the worship of these beings, their uh, values, their morality, their understanding of life. In fact, thousands of years of the worship of the gods gives way to the worship of monoth- of the one god. You, you know, you look at polytheism, the worship of many gods... That ...humans did that far longer. It's only after the teachings of Jesus poured their own world that, that the world... So, so here's another example... Now, no matter how far back you go, whether it's the Vedic texts of India and the birth of the Hindu civilization, whether it's the cities of Mesopotamia, the cradle of civilization, all the nations attribute their genesis to the codes received from the gods. That is how, you look at, for instance, one of the oldest law codes, the code of Hammurabi, which who was a king of Babylon. And he's receiving a scroll, there's a statue of him, he's receiving a scroll from the sun god Shams, who the Greeks call Apollo and he's receiving that code, and now the code is written right on the stone underneath him, and that is the code of Hammurabi, but he's receiving it from the god Shams, right? So all the civilizations, you know, they're living in clans. The the head of the family is the man, and then there's tribes, you know, and that's how they're living. But suddenly, in the south of Iraq, in in Mesopotamia, suddenly these things appear. they, they, They sometimes are called shepherds, Sometimes they're just called great men. Sometimes they're called righteous ruler. Uh, you know, these are their names. And Lugal Sipar, and they say, you know what? We are now representing, you know, the gods. There's, we have been touched by this. They, they've given us the, the knowledge of how to build these temples. They've given us the architecture, the, the the measurements, and they build these ziggurats. And they are priests, and they are kings. And now the entire city gets uh, focused on these priest kings who are here to shepherd the people on behalf of the gods. And then all kinds of knowledge, architecture, uh, medicine... Um, uh, and what,
4: what time period was this when this started, uh, when this started
5: coming? 4,000 years before Christ.
4: Okay, so 4,000 <laughs> 4, oh, right. yeah. 4, years before
5: Christ. birth of civilization, yeah. 4,000 years before Christ, the anthropologists call it urbanization. Or the and cradle
4: this, of civilization, right?
5: This civilization is created. We go from farming to this structure, from patriarchies and clans to being centered around these priest kings. Ah, okay. And that is the birth of the modern cities. Right? So, so the south of Iraq has the first seas, and the Sumerians. And that is where the Bible says that the sons of Noah settled after the flood, the land of Shinar. And it's exactly from there that civilization comes. And it says that they built, they be, it says in the Bible that the sons of God began to build with brick and mortar. And So, that, so let
4: me ask you this, the, the human beings before that, it was just simply cave art, cave drawings before that time period.
5: And then boom, all of a sudden, like a shift in consciousness. It, yeah, if you, if you it depends how you see history. Like if we don't know, archaeology doesn't know much about the world before the flood. And we do have writings from these guys that talk about the world before the Flood. We have a list of kings, a Sumerian list of kings that mentions the rule of kings before the Flood. So from that point of view, we're always civilized, or at least our brand of, of, of humanity. So even from the beginning, you know, Cain builds a city. He has knowledge of architecture, the knowledge of geometry. Um, and then his children, they, 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 are the, they have the knowledge of music, of metallurgy. It's all listed, and this is before the Flood. And gotcha. then the Mesopotamians, in their writings, talk about the world before the flood, and they present a civilization to us. So, so who were these guys that were just living in caves, the hunter and gatherers? It's very controversial, but it's possible that they were kind of you know God first created them, and then you know Adam, the guy that we know as Adam, you know as he's like he's then created, and he's the first of of these guys who 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 have this relationship with the world of God and angels. And who download this knowledge of the human world, all of them would be called Adam in the Bible. You know, they would all be like one species, but this one receives the very spirits of the God of gods, of the one who's the creator of all the beings. And and this is this 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 is very hold on, let me get this straight. You're saying that beings
4: existed before Adam.
5: I'm right? saying it's very controversial, and, and you can not pin it down, but it's but it is possible once you realize that that the word God's in the Bible actually is a term that refers to angels. And that's easily now understood and talked about. Then when it says in the book of Genesis, let us make man in our image. Usually that has been understood as a Trinity, but the us could be, you know, God and his angels. So there's creatures created by God in the image of these various angels. And then Adam is created in his own image. So, so so there's there is lots of you know guys running around but this one they're all told to go and fill the whole earth multiply and and everything is here for them but this one guy is told to stay put in the garden he doesn't even have a female later a female is created for him then something goes wrong and he's exiled and then he joins the larger world and then his children bring about civilization this this would be kind of the way you would read it if you were to look at it this way okay but this regardless if, you know the world before the flood is very mysterious, but at least the world after the flood is far less mysterious because not only do we have the Bible, but we have lots of writings we have opened up from the people that lived after the flood. They left accounts of their civilizations. So, what we discovered is, is we went down, um, you know, just hold on, there's a book here, I don't know if I have it right here, but I think it's worth. Where... Oh, it is here. Okay. So this is this is the National Geographic magazine. National Geographic. Everyone knows National Geographic. Well respected. It's the birth of religion. The world's first temple. That's this article, and it's an interesting article. And you know, it's it's about something very specific. But basically. There was a theory this theory is taught in all the universities. It's the main theory of our culture that people were farmers, but before there were farmers or hunter gatherers, then one guy you know he he people started to to have this understanding of farming and then they got together, they weren't running after their food anymore, and they came up with math, science, architecture, and they built civilization, right right that's not. What we actually have discovered from the writings of the people who did this—they said this knowledge was revealed to them. It was very sudden. That's why archaeologists call it sudden civilization. We don't see the stepping stones; we see like nothing Something was
4: brought down to them and shown
5: to them. Yes, and like with the oldest city we've discovered, Eridu—that's the, the first city after the flood—it has already a temple and pillars in it, just wow. like their homes have pillars in it. So, where did this idea come from? And this, this National Geographic magazine explains it. Um, it says, hovering over um, this archaeological find, um, Tepe is the, is the ghost of Gordon Child, Gordon Child, an Australian transplant to Britain. This guy from Australia moves to Britain. Child was a flamboyant man, a passionate Marxist, who wore plus fours and bow ties and larded his public addresses with noodle-headed peonins to Stalinism. I don't even know what I'm reading, but it gets easier. He was also one of the most influential archaeologists of the past century. A great synthesis, child-wove together his colleagues' disconnected facts into overarching intellectual schemes. The most famous of them rose in the 1920s, when he invented the concept of the Neolithic Revolution, in today's terms, Child's view could be summed up like this. Homo sapiens burst onto the scene two hundred years, years ago. Most of the millennia that followed the species changed remarkably little, with humans living as small bands of wandering, and, uh, wandering foragers. Then came the Neolithic Revolution, a radical change, Child said, fraught with revolutionary consequences for the whole species. In a, lighting, in a lightning bolt of inspiration, one part of humankind turned its back on foraging and embraced agriculture. The adoption of farming, Child argued, brought with it further transformation. Uh, to end their fields, people had to stop wandering and move in permanent villages where they developed new tools and created pottery. The Neolithic Revolution, in his view, was an explosively important event, the greatest in human history after the mastery of Fire. So this young guy, he's in his 20s, I looked him up. He comes up with the idea that there was a few guys, maybe one guy, he had a Moment of genius, he came up with farming, and then they sat down together, and they came up with civilization. So what these guys discovered, the archaeologists, they discovered in the libraries of Mesopotamia and over a million tablets. And these tablets said that the gods gave us this knowledge, you know, for instance, the king of Lagash, in one of the oldest cities of the world, Gudia, he receives a dream of and then, he, and then he goes to an interpreter of dream, and kind of like Pharaoh and the story of Joseph and, and, and Pharaoh. And the interpreter of dream says, you have been shown how to build a temple, and these are the measurements that have been given to you. He then puts together a giant workforce, and we have all the documents of how many people he gathered. And he begins to build this ziggurat, and you can Google and see these giant temples these guys built. Ziggurat, they're called Z i j j u uh, r a t. You know, Ziggurat of the city of Ur, for instance, which is still standing. It's mind blowing. And then these, then then and these this gar-
4: all—you have proof that this all came
5: suddenly, boom! So oh, yeah, everyone, everyone is in agreement. In in archaeology, when you mm-hmm.
4: read so the- what? What I'm going to get to here is that this throws another monkey wrench in evolution, unless we were evolving yes. for a period of time and then boom, bam, suddenly, yeah. Yeah,
5: that's the right. God so played their hand almost like the gods it, it, interfered. They interfered the, the angels, so the earth was seated by God and, and His angels, and then they seated the the man with knowledge. So we were the earth was seated with life, and the life was seated with knowledge, okay. and that's how civilization started. So that's the story of Moses. That's the story of Jesus. That's the story of Muhammad. That's the story of the Vedic uh, texts of India of the of the King. Could, of the could Iraq, kingdom the knowledge Iraq? have been brought by Lucifer? Yes, well, that's what I'm getting to. I'm going to open it up all for you. Okay. So it comes from both sides. So, that's,
4: so, so then, the wow, that's... So, we, so. The way things were was God,
5: and the way things are now was Lucifer. Well, what happened, and I'm going to open it up for you a second. So the Gordon child, he comes up, this one guy in his 20s, comes up with a theory that says all of this is you know, not true. I have figured out how it all happened. Somebody just came up with farming, and then as farmers got together, they built civilization because now they didn't were running after their foods; they could talk to each other. This is one man's idea. It goes against the writings that we have received from the people who actually lived it. It goes against the way we are observing how civilizations are born. The most recent one is the story of the birth of Islam. This oral culture, the Arabs, no empire, nothing. They don't even have writing. They go from being that to suddenly becoming the Islamic civilization because one guy says, I just received the code. This is the story of the birth of all the civilizations, including how the Roman world was changed by the teachings of Jesus. And now, that's what also the Bible talks about. So so there's this overwhelming testimony from our ancestors. There's what we are observing from where we stand in history. And there's also the Bible that tells us how it all came together. So this idea is just myth. The truth is that knowledge was handed down. Now, who were these guys? And this is kind of what we're talking about. Who were the gods? Because when you look at the Mesopotamians, the Chinese, the Persians, the Egyptians, everyone, they worshipped the gods, the Romans, the Greeks, who were the gods? Well, that's where it gets interesting. So what we discovered, and this is why the documentary is called UFOs, Angels, and Gods, was that actually in the Bible, the term Elohim, the word gods, is a term that refers in these passages to fallen angels, what Christians call fallen angels. There is no term. Fallen angels is a term of Christian culture. It doesn't exist in the Bible. In the Bible, they're called the sons of God or the gods of the nations. That's actually what they're called. So what I discovered was that in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 8 and nine, it said, "When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when He divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God." So when God divided the nations, and the Bible says there are 70 nations after the flood with noah and his kids and grandkids, they created 70 nations, they started in Mesopotamia, exactly where archaeologists say civilization started. And when these guys start to spread around from Mesopotamia, from ancient Iraq, to the north of Iran, to the Russian steppes, and to Turkey and Greece, to, to eventually become, you know, the all the Spanish people, they are the children of the Celts, and the, the English people are the children of the Germanics. And both the Celts and the Germanics come from Japhet, one of the sons of Noah. So, when the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when He divided mankind, He fixed the borders of the people according to the number of the sons of God. But the Lord's portion is His people, Jacob is allotted heritage. So, the Bible creates a spiritual division. It says, look, the countries of the world were handed over to these fallen angels, who then presented themselves as gods to them, to be worshipped. This is something they shouldn't have done. Different parts of the world. Different parts of the world, all the nations. The, the, the gods are the fallen angels. They right. are not. They, they, every part of the world has their own god, is what I'm saying. Well, it was the same guys. They just wore different masks. Okay. Okay. So they have. How many of them are there? I don't know because it says one third of the angels have gone with Satan, but I don't know how many angels there are to know what one third is.
4: Okay, yeah.
5: But I can see there's always 12 at the top of the food chain, at the top of the pantheon. They all have the same characteristics the sun god, the moon god, the storm god. It's like, like Zeus is a storm god. Apollo, the sun god, is champs to the Mesopotamians. Their names, their brands change from civilization to civilization, but their symbols and characteristics don't. And so, the Bible then comes and removes the veil and says, okay, this is how God organized reality. Humanity, which has fallen, was given into the hands of these fallen angels. They are now on the same side of the fence. And God then chose Jacob for himself. So, the the same way that you know Moses brings the architecture of the temple and so does Solomon, and he brings all these laws and regulations, and then God chooses the line of kings, the King David, which leads the Messiah, and creates reality. I mean, how do we know reality? because we have software in our heads. Information comes and teaches us about how we should see the world, and that information is handed down by God through the prophets of Israel, then he himself comes among them and speaks, and that changes the world, the Roman world changes, and then God sends his own spirit to deliver people from the nations and call them back to himself. And this is one story, but when you look into the ancient world before the time of Christ, you see that all the different civilizations also received codes of knowledge from their... "Quote unquote gods," right. you know, they received sacred texts which gave them worldview. This is who you, I am. You ought to worship me this way. This is how you're going to sacrifice to me. This is the way of right and wrong. And, and if you do well, you'll be resurrected, you know, in my kingdom. And they were receiving different bodies of knowledge, and also the kings were chosen by them, priesthoods were established by them. And once this was huge, huge discovery, like a veil removed. I mean, there are thousands of verses, and, and when, if people want to you know, become, follow me or come to my Patreon page, I have audio tapes where I take people through this, these passages in the Bible in detail so you understand it. But this is kind of the bird's eye view, that there was close to a thousand verses in the Bible that talked about the gods, that the, that the Bible identified these beings as the fallen angels, and then told a story that tied all of history together. And the story is this that the nations were given to the hands of the sons of God. So what did the sons of God do, these fallen angels? One, they created offspring, and this is their hybrid offsprings. There were kings, like the king Minos of Crete, the first um, beginning of Western civilization. He was the son of Zeus. Gilgamesh, the king of Uruk, a very important king. So much writing about him. One of the children of the sons of God, a fallen angel. So after the flood, there was, there was you know, the king of Bashan, Og, who is killed by the children of israel in the bible or Sihon, another nephilim king that's slayed by them as they take over the land um goliath a descendant of them and so they, they have this children their children are kings they are, there's a royal bloodline then they also give knowledge and worldview to the civilizations that they're they ruling over and invite them to worship them
0: mm. so
5: they give so this is how the world takes shape we're not living in the world they're visiting we are living in the world born of the algorithms of knowledge that they have downloaded into us. And then, God wow. chooses, and then God chooses Jacob for himself and downloads knowledge into that bloodline, the you know, the Israel, and then becomes one of them and then sends the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes and it goes into the nation, it's a promise that God had made to the people. You see, what happened is that after the flood, this guy, Nimrod, he gathers everybody together and he says, you know what, God is evil, God forbid. It's, um, he, he destroyed our ancestors because we made an allegiance with these beings. We had a civilization with them. He destroyed us and, and he creates a rebellion against God. And they start to build this thing that goes into heaven, tower, whatever that was. Maybe they're building a technology that could actually leave... So God comes with angels, and he then scatters the family. He changes their languages so they can understand each other, and this is the birth of the nations. And he casts them out of his presence. But then, in the very next chapter of the Bible, he says to Abraham, this new character that is introduced, that through him, the families of the earth will be blessed. So after Jesus comes and the Holy Spirit is sent, God calls back the families of the earth to him. He calls them back from bondage to these beings, the way he had freed the children of Israel from the Egyptians and their gods through the Passover lamb. Now, through the Passover lamb, Jesus, that's what the Passover lamb represented. He's now going to free the Romans, the Greeks, the Persians, the Mesopotamians, the Egyptians, everybody else from their gods. Mm. This is their return. You know, when I went to, um, I think about nine years ago I was in Israel, and they took us to this place north of the Sea of Galilee. It was called Caesarea Philippi. And the Romans, they set up their temples there because they were Roman officers and Roman infrastructure in Israel. And they wanted to worship their gods. So they, they set up, they took this huge cliff and they built various temples to the gods. And then underneath it, there was a hole full of water and you would sacrifice and say a prayer. And you needed something from the gods. You'd make your sacrifice and you throw it in there. And if it went down... It it meant that your prayer was accepted. If not, it wasn't, and that was called the gates of Hades. The gates of Hades. That was the name of that. So, one day Jesus takes his disciples from the Sea of Galilee and says, "Follow me." It's a one-day journey. Then for us, it's like a fifteen-minute bus ride. But you know, you get there, and then he goes on top of this cliff and he says, "Who do people say I am? Who do you say I am?" And then Peter says, "You're the Messiah, the Son of God." And then Jesus says, no man gave you this idea. And then he says, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not, you know, overcome it. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. And everyone has made a huge fuss about this teaching. You know, Peter is the rock. No, it's faith. Protestant Catholics fight over it. But when they took us actually there, and they showed us the cliff, with this knowledge that I had of the gods, I understood he was saying, that that a new world order is rising. That he will now lift up. He will be lifted up, and the people that his disciples will be lifted up, and this new spirituality will be lifted up, and the rule of these beings, you know, will be diminished. The rule of these gods will be, be diminished. The mm. rock he's talking about is the actual rock he's standing on, where all these pagan temples upon like, oh, this rock. I shall build my church, and the gates of Hades. This is that gate underneath that, that was that, you know that were the sacrifice. So he
4: was standing over the gates of Hades.
5: Yes, he was standing right over the gates of Hades. And so he was talking about the spiritual infrastructure. When you look at the early uh, Roman citizens who, who converted... So he was saying from that
4: point forward, it's like a new consciousness, to Christ consciousness? Exactly,
5: the world is going to change. I don't know if it's a Christ consciousness. Let's just say the return to the one God that everyone knew at the beginning of the I see. I see. okay The okay. nations were lost, and now they were called back. Because through Abraham, they're going to be blessed. So when the Roman citizens convert to you know jesus religion which is really a form of judaism jesus is the teacher and what he says about the bible you believe it that's the idea they convert that the roman citizens. they let go of the worship for the gods they are arrested by their own government and they are then tortured in the Colosseum. they're fed to the lions oh. and they're burned now why because by no, not sacrificing to the gods they are weakening the emperor because the emperor of Rome, like all the kings, all the way back to all the oldest cities, attributed their power to the gods. And so these citizens and now... What were they sacrificing? Babies? Th- there were some, yes, there was child sacrifice. There's so much relation to what's happening today. Yes, exactly. Uh, and by the time you get to like, um, there's also animal sacrifice. But yes, there was like children were sacrificed yeah. to Malach, and That and, would be uh, what I consider abortion today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's child
4: sacrifice, and
5: then once I was on a show a few a few years ago, and then after a show, I got an email from this guy, and he said, "You know, uh, let's we need to meet and have a chat." So, like he was challenging me, he said, "No, I'm a disciple of Apollo, and we are the ones that invented abortion and released it into the world." And but the way he had re- he had written his email, he, I could see this was an intelligent, coherent man because I sometimes get weird emails. Yeah. And this was, the, the content was like weird and aggressive, but it was very well written. Right. So I went-
2: Order now.
1: fighterflare.com.
5: I googled him, and he was a man who was in the anti-terrorism police force of my city, and had just retired.
0: Oh, wow. he,
5: was like, he was an actual, like a real person, you know, and he had written me this letter. And so, so this whole idea of, of the influence that these guys start to have in the world, they, it corrupts the world. The teachings and, and religions and laws they create... It's like weeds planted into the world that goes against the teachings of God. So as God is shaping the world, these guys are attacking it on every level. You'd have to read these other religions. And and also, after the age of the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit is poured out and everyone is called back to God then these guys reinvent themselves in the clothing of monotheism. So they rise in the form of monotheistic religions in this age, but but to attack the the Lord, you know, they deny Him, and they also infiltrate the the church, like the, the worship of the Queen of Heaven, which is something that people shouldn't be involved in, because even in the Old Testament, the Jews were already worshiping the Queen of Heaven. She's one of the most famous of these fallen angels, and she's had a following all the way from the, earliest cities of humanity and that's the name she has had inana in sumeria and and so there, there's these very specific ones you know there's the crescent of the moon that's a symbol of one of these guys he is nana the moon god and then secularism in the 18th century we see the whole illuminati thing out of bavaria and socialism and secularism which is a worldview that pretends like it's not a religion but it actually is because it requires a lot of faith to believe in all kinds of things they weave together. And again, it competes with the worldview that God is downloading into the nations. As the Holy Spirit is given, the Word of God travels with it, and it brings worldview. So these guys then create veils of thoughts over the nations. They do it before the time of Christ and they do it after the time of Christ. And they're visiting the earth and coming and going in their vehicles. And that's why we're seeing them. So we are born at the very climax of a very long story because we are now at the time where it's all coming to a head. Right now. Sorry? Right now. Right now. And we're going to talk about this on our next show, The Age of Empire, and we'll we'll cover the empires. But so who were the sons of God who created the hybrids and who are creating the hybrids today? According to the Bible, the fallen angels. What else did they do? What else do we know about them? They became the object of worship of the nations of the earth. God chose Jacob, but all the other nations were given. So when, when in the temptations of Christ, when Satan says to Jesus, Dominion has been given to me over all the kingdoms of the earth and i will give them to you if you worship me he's not joking that's exactly how the world order was established these gods were behind the emperor and and satan was their leader and that's why the early christians are arrested for instance there's 10 periods of persecution the last one is diocletian yeah go ahead
4: so just to recap, so they, the fallen angels became the objects of worship for every nation on earth, and, and Jesus came to deliver, uh, them. deliver us from that.
5: Yes, and to bring about a new kingdom on earth, which is coming. The spiritual kingdom has already arrived. We're in the messianic age, but the actual physical kingdom, he's coming with an army, and, he's, and these guys are going to rise against him. They're going to fool the world. And and this is what we're presenting in our documentary. That it's possible that they may deceive the world by presenting him as an invading alien, and, and presenting you know, Jesus. Okay, presenting Jesus Christ as a, as an invading alien. Yes, and gather and and presenting themselves as modern day gods or UFOs. This wow. is their new brand. And wow. So, so this compar- is this is literal, man. Like you're saying, this is it, as literal as it comes. You're in it. You are the son of Adam. You're destined to be one of these. Immortal beings who has a destiny. The Earth is the incubation chamber and the birthplace of, of us, and that's why we're in such a huge, crazy story because of who we are. That's oh, really so why. So it that also
4: brings me to like the Supreme Court knocking down abortion. Like we're giving, we're taking away that spiritual sacrifice from them.
5: Yeah, you know that's and- a huge victory, and it happened on the fiftieth year of that decision, which is a jubilee year in the Bible. That's I very hear- important. And and so inheritance in return to people, whether it's blessing or judgment, can both be given out. And so it's very interesting uh, that this happened. What about?
4: I know we could probably get into this on in the next show because I probably this is probably where that leads to. But no, no, it's okay. you, what about like CERN? I, yeah, I would yeah.
5: imagine that's a portal that's opening right now—a dimensional portal. It's, yeah, it's very possible that if you look at CERN. The opening ceremony was very religious like the way they had their opening ceremony. And in the in sermon, there's scriptures from Hinduism and other things hanging on the walls. It's like, why is all that in there? So it's possible that that's a gate and uh, a major one. And some people say that that's the one that leads to the prophecy of, of these beings coming from out of the ground. I also think that, um, you know, the demons, uh, are, uh, they're evil spirits, But there's also the fallen angels that are physical beings. And these are two different things. There's the evil spirits and their fallen angels. And the fallen angels, I think they do come and go in these vehicles. And we see them all over the place already. So so a previous gate has been opened maybe in 1947 because that's when it started. And that was the year that, that Israel became a nation which prophetically ushers us into this last age of history. At the same year that Israel became a nation is the year that the UFO phenomenon began. Wow. We are entering into the birth pang years. This is the final grand finale of a story that goes back to the Garden of Eden. And I just wanted to show that these beings have had different faces, but they have been with us for always. They were the gods of the nations. Now they're rebranding as modern-day UFOs. They've had children among us. They so it's just a rebrand. Around.
4: That's all they're doing is the re-brand. Re-brand. It's just a rebrand. And as, soon as they can, and as soon as they start with this alien threat, which is already starting now on Fox on CNN, on oh, all yeah. the major ma- mainstream media, they're saying, "Ooh, look! Look at the UFOs coming here!" Because this is all. about... you're saying that this they're is really all repeating reality for us, right? But they're saying that this, what they're doing, is conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. right, yeah. to, to accept that this coming alien threat yeah. It's going to be a threat, right? I thought I always thought it would be um, orchestrated
5: holographic uh, yeah. technology.
4: That's what you're saying.
5: So, so a couple of things. One, these guys are presenting themselves as the saviors of the earth. They are here to rescue us. The bad aliens are going to be introduced later on as we get closer to the second coming. Right now, you're
4: saying that
5: the the fallen angels are are rebranding themselves as the saviors of the human race and as our alien friends. That is the main propaganda of the UFO phenomenon. As early as the early 1950s, there's a movie made called The Day the Earth Stood Still." And as early as as the 1950s, we see, without any research, that the messaging uh, coming out of the UFO phenomenon is that your friendly aliens have arrived to help you in this age, uh, in this nuclear age, and now they've added the environment to it. They're going to come first.
4: You think they're going to come first?
5: Yes, for sure. Because their representative is the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to make an alien connection. It says that he does lying signs and wonders, makes fire come from the sky, and speaks against God. Why would he speak openly as a politician against God in his court? Because this layer of reality will become more and more accepted and open. He's really talking about these beings that are supporting him, and then… He's now going to begin the process of villainizing the Lord and his angels who are on their way. And so when they come... They're rallying the nations against him. And that was always a mystery in the Bible, which is why would the world go to war against God? I mean, that's what the prophecies say in many places. Uh, Joel chapter 3, Revelation chapter 19, Zechariah chapter 14. That's insane. But... If you you know rejecting God, fine, not believing in God, okay, rebelling against God, yes, but going to war against God, I mean you have to be crazy, right? Yeah. Unless your perception of reality has changed.
4: So let me get so- this straight. Let me get this straight. Yeah. The first coming of these alien beings are rebranding themselves as the saviors. The fallen angels
5: are rebranding themselves as modern day saviors. So when the coming of Jesus aliens.
4: Christ comes, they're gonna they're gonna label that as the threat. Yes. Exactly. So, a mm. good
5: cop, bad cop type of thing. Wow. So, and, why are they? So, they're coming first. Yes, they're already here. You they're see, they started in 1947. The UFO phenomenon exploded. It's the la- last great stand Holy of the Dawn Angel. Holy shit, angels. man. This yeah. is so. It's a cosmic crazy. war. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. You don't think of it as literal, you know? Like, eh, yeah. you know, No, this is literal. It's literal. Jesus was literal. Israel was literal. The nations, the Greeks, the Romans, us, Adam, God, angels. We are of the world of God and angels. That's why we're in such a crazy story. Now, this whole rebranding goes back, I think, to the 16th century with Galileo. That's where it begins. Galileo, Newton, these guys. they A lot of them were Masons. I mean, they were part of these secret societies. And they start to rebrand things by telling us that we're not really in the heavens and on the earth because the Bible says this is the heavens and this is the earth and they're hosts of the heavens and the hosts of the earth. Now, what is the heavens in the Bible? The heavens is the sky. That's actually what the word heavens mean, where the birds fly, the first heaven. There are three heavens in the Bible. That's why it's plural, heavens, Shaman. The second heaven is where the sun, the moon, and the stars are located, which you and I would call the universe. And the third heaven is the temple of the heart of time and space, where God sits with, with his entourage. And these guys come and go with these chariots that the Bible Outside the time and space, so they're like in another dimension. I don't, Well, you can call it that, but there's the universe and there's this. And their first, second, and third heaven. Then when, for instance, when we send aeroplane, you know, the Wright brothers, we pierce the mystery of how to move in the first heaven. With the rocket ships, the Sputnik, for instance, the first satellite, uh, we then pierce the mystery of how to enter the second heaven. When you see a UFO in the sky, and someone says, Oh, there's a UFO, but if I said to you, in the Bible, they're called Rechav Elohim, which means the chariots of angels, the vehicles of angels. And if I said to you that this sky is called shemaim, and I said to you, that's a Rechav Elohim in the shemaim, That is a chariot of angels in the second heaven. It sounds different suddenly, you know, than if I yeah, said to you, so, so where the Bible presents a worldview. There's just the heavens, this is the earth, this is the host of the heavens, we're the host of the earth. Then with Galileo, Isaac Newton, these guys... We're introduced to a different way of reality. They're saying, forget all of this. You're actually in the universe. We're like, okay. And what's the universe? Well, universe is a place of gases and rocks and, and stuff like that. Okay. How did we get here? Well, then we got Darwin's ideas, which is a right. hypothesis. Darwin says, well, you evolved here. And then uh, this gets accepted as fact and, and promoted through the school system. And eventually, then we see these, these ships. And now that we have lost this heritage from the Bible and from the past and from our ancestors, we were like, wow, what's this? It looks like they just arrived. They deliberately confused us and gave us false
4: information so they can,
5: wow. They have changed reality so they can rebrand. So now we go, wow, we're in the universe. And then someone says, well, listen, man, since we evolved here, they must have evolved elsewhere. Now we have the concept of alien, a concept that, that if the Bible's view of reality is correct, there are no aliens because we're not in the universe. We're in the heavens, and on the Earth. This is the host of the heavens. God has entered the creation in time and space and has created these beings, and they come and go, like when we are able to decipher, you know the genetics and, and travel in space into the heavens and, and break the atom, because we are of the world of those who do such things, because we are of the world of God and angels. This is this is how angels are depicted in the Bible and the Book of Enoch. They give knowledge to humanity in the Book of Enoch to fallen angels. They give seven bodies of knowledge to to the world before the flood. And all of the bodies of knowledge they give, we would today call science. And that's what science is. And that's what this and the new world religion. religion, new world order the with new world religion. It's, it's always been the knowledge that these guys gave. And the Bible says that what they did is they corrupted the knowledge of God's creation. It's not that they're giving us things that you know, that are not part of how how God has created things, but they're corrupting it to turn things to their advantage and to usher in their own kingdom. They have their own children, they, they have their own bloodlines, they choose their kings, they come and go, they create laws for us, they create worldview for us, and this is the final deception. They're changing the nature of reality, rebranding themselves in that reality as aliens, and, and now re- and presenting their ancient presence as a new arrival, Telling us they're here to save us. That's what Antichristus means. Pseudo-Messiah instead of Christ. That's what the word Antichristus means.
4: When the it's real it. Christ comes, they're going to label him a villain and an
5: alien. Yeah, right. He's the one that gave you religion. He's the one that wants to subjugate you. The same old thing that Nimrod told the world. He was the first prototype of this final character. He also villainized God and gathered the world against him. That's what wow. led to the division of nations. And that's why it's there at the very beginning of the Bible to show us the end. And so we are headed for this final deception. That's why when Jesus was asked to speak final of final deception, yes, when he was asked to talk about his coming or, you know, the end of the age, that's what they asked him in Matthew 24, he begins and ends what he says with the, ter- with the words, be aware that you be not deceived. So he emphasized it will be a time of deception. And so that's what led me to make the documentary. So if you're not once
4: strong I, in, the, in the Bible, you will be deceived. You need to be strong not, in the Bible and the Word of God.
5: World view is, it's the worldview, it's the algorithms of knowledge that are being changed not your head. Which wow. changes the way you see things, right? It's knowledge. They give knowledge to the nations. They give all kinds of bodies of knowledge the way that God gave knowledge to the prophets of Israel and eventually through his Son and then through his Holy Spirit. There's a two competing worlds. In fact, w- once I saw the whole thing, I realized that all knowledge in humanity can be put into four categories. And these are four categories. One, God gives knowledge. He spoke it to Adam. Spoke it. Two, the fallen angels spoke knowledge into the, into the world. Huge amounts of knowledge. Three, man himself is a thinking being. Man has reason. We come up with our own knowledge of our own assumptions. Fourth, which is the main body of knowledge that most people live in in the cities of the world, is a mixture of the three is a braiding of the three. Most people in big cities live, well, in the modern world, live in a worldview that is born of some knowledge that has come from God, some from the fallen angels, and some from man's own thinking. Those three are braided together to create the cultural average worldview of most people. When you start studying the Bible, it starts to extract the rest from you and redefines your thinking. That's why Paul says you have to renew the spirit of your mind. And this is what he's talking about, right? You're literally, you know, enlightening yourself with the Word of God, which is light, and it teaches you worldview and the true nature of reality. And yes, there's a spiritual connection and how you get to God through Christ and, and receiving the Holy Spirit, and how love is the basis of this outreach that God is reaching out into your life because there's actually a Father-Son love relationship that's literal too. You are literally made to be the image bearer of God in this planet of a destiny and a cosmic tale that we've that has just begun. And there's, there's an enemy, and there's a rival, etc. So there's an internal spiritual part of the story. But there's also a cosmic tale in the Bible. And that cosmic tale gives us the understanding of the big picture of the story we find ourselves in. We, who have this internal need for healing, we who are trying to reach to God in our personal lives, we happen to be inside of this giant story. This is also part of what the Bible refers. This
4: is incredible. Like, yes. wow. This was... Ali, this is, the, this is one of my best interviews I've done, man. Thank you for
5: this. This is amazing. You're welcome. You're welcome. So th- this is the story of the documentary UFOs and News and God. And so if people want to know more about the actual details of, like, how has all this come together, you know, that I have a patron page. You go patron.com slash think again. You put my name in, Ali Sieta, and you can see it on my YouTube page if you go see the documentary. You'll, it'll come up, sign up, support me. You know, you can give a donation, Amen. I don't have an amount put in there. If you're wealthy, give more. If you're not, give less. But I'm going to put audio files that you can listen to. You know, I create these audio files and I can, I'll take you through the passages in the Bible in detail so that you really understand where this information is coming from.
3: Mm. And
5: so, when, you know, when we came up with this and, and we, created the, we released the documentary in 2006, it was groundbreaking, it went viral. Um, but for the longest time, I was like the only person who, who was making this relate- this connection between the gods and the fallen angels, which the Bible established. But then, a new book was written a few years ago um, called The Unseen Realm, where this you know important American theologian made that connection. And then the whole thing went wild. It became like the third best-selling book on Amazon, uh, Christian section. Other writers started to talk about it. And next thing you know, I saw this, this awakening begin. And I was relieved because... Not that I, didn't, that I thought I was crazy. I knew that what I had discovered. But it was nice to, that there's a confirmation when other people talk about it as well. You're like, okay, this is true. So this is going to continue to spread this understanding. God is removing the veil. Satan and these guys, they hit behind the shadow of myth. They just put a sticker and said myth. And they hit while they were wearing the face of Zeus and Jupiter and Apollo and these guys. And so this was not myth. Myth was spoken about them. But the, there's a kernel of truth. That you look at the the, the persecution against the uh, Roman citizens who converted to to the Judaism of Jesus, or as we call it now Christianity. Um, the biggest of the persecutions were carried out by Diocletian. Um, it was called a, it was the tenth persecution. There was ten periods of persecution, and he killed more Christians than all the other emperors before him combined. But how did it start? He sent a messenger to the son God Apollo at Delphi. To the oracle of Apollo at Delphi. And he said, What should I do with the Christians? And Apollo responded, The Christians are the enemies of the gods. So Diocletian, the Emperor of Rome, decreed that the civil rights of Christians be suspended, that their Bibles be confiscated and burnt, and that they will be tortured until they die or sacrificed to the gods. Wow. And, and he carried out the largest persecution against the Christians. Larger than all the other nine emperors combined before him. This is called the Great Persecution. But it came from Apollo, you see? And it's continuing. And it's continuing. It's continuing. continuing. So now, as the Holy Spirit poured over the nations and people were awakened and gave their hearts to God, the yoke and burden of these beings collapsed. And we entered into a new age. And the Bible was then printed and was no longer just in the hands of the Jewish people, but was distributed in the hands of all nations, in everyone's language. And the knowledge of God has continued to fill the earth like God had promised long ago through his prophets that such a thing would happen. So after the flood, God began with Abraham to bring in the world that would know him. So this wouldn't happen again. And he said he will never destroy the world in the flood again. The sign of the rainbow is this covenant between us and him. And then and they so, stole the rainbow. They and they, did. and they did. They turned it around, right? And, yeah. then the, and the idea of the savior, the antichrist, is like, no, I'm the savior. And the fallen angels, no, we're the good guys. So they're always reversing reality on us. That's why it's deception, right? It's that's why it's a war because you know you're 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 yourself a fighter. You understand? So they,
4: he, God made the symbol of the rainbow as a promise to the people. Yes, and now we take that and make it the gay symbol. Exactly, which wow. which according
5: to the laws of God, Whoa. yeah. So the uh, yes, yeah, the covenant that God made that He said, as long as you see the rainbow in the sky, you will know that will never, wow. never flood the world again. So, so this this whole deception, sort of deception. Because you know that's what strategy is. Military strategy is nothing more than deception. You change reality in the mind of your opponent. He now then strategizes according to reality you put in his mind. While hidden, you carry out your true strategy, and you come in from you know where he doesn't see and hit him.
0: And I can understand
5: that. Something else, right? And so this is kind of what these guys are trying to do. So God then sends his light. So with Abraham. God begins to establish his knowledge and teachings from Abraham and get to Moses now there's a big crowd God downloads the five books of Moses and begins the prophetic tradition. Then he himself comes to the earth and speaks, and his words will change their own empire as he sends his Holy Spirit to the nations. And now the knowledge of his scriptures continue to expand. And when he returns to the earth with his angels and removes these guys from power and ends the age of empire and brings in the Santa kingdom, then the whole world will know and have the knowledge of God. So it's an expansion. It's a process of God redeeming, restoring, healing, and filling the earth with, his, with the knowledge of him. Why? Because this is not our religion, this is our history. Because this is the story that you and I find ourselves in. This is the true nature of reality. And this is, right? And so all of these brands we have of uh, political jurisdictions, they're interesting. You know, we all are born in a different political jurisdiction. And we can identify ourselves according to the brand. But we perhaps should also identify ourselves as the sons of God, as the children of the one who's made the image of God, in this giant cosmic story. And that's why there's UFOs flying around, and that's why you know the age of empire, and that's why there's so much pressure against Jerusalem because God has appointed Jerusalem as the capital of His Son's kingdom when He returns. From there, for a thousand years, He will rule the universe from the city of Jerusalem. This and so is absolutely working.
4: this is incredible, man! I, I already can't wait for part three. <laughs> yes,
5: yeah, so the, the part, so we're going to the age of empire, but just want to come back, Sonia, you know, to interrupt you. To come back to just summarize who are the gods. Basically, this is the division. After the world of flood, God gave the nations into the hand of the fallen angels who posed as gods or objects of worship to our ancestors. Then they gave knowledge to them, knowledge of worldview, of architecture, of religion. They chose kings. They actually, that's why Satan says to Jesus, you know, dominion has been given to me over all the kings on the earth, and I'll give it to you. Meaning that I know that Israel has been given to you, but I'll give you the other nations... I'll make you the emperor of Rome if you bring Israel to my side and and, and oh. defect. You know, you can remain with the king, defect him. And, and of course, these guys, being these cosmic creatures and living these long lives, they have long plans. Their plans, are not just about the earth. Once they reconcile here, they want to then expand into the heavens, their revolution, but they want to integrate themselves. Into the genes of those who were made in the image, which is abductions. This is the, the abductions. They're trying to create beings in their own image, but mixing it with the ones who were made, you know, the children of the one who was made in the image of God. And that's why we have the resurrected body. The resurrected body of Christ is here to remove all of this, you know, problems that have been created with these genetic manipulations through the ages. We get a new beginning. Look at this parable. And this is all part of it too. Don't this part of it too. Right. Part of It's it. one of the. In the book of Enoch, it's one of the knowledges given down before the flood. Is pharmaceutica. It's pharmaceutica. is the seven knowledges given out by fallen angels to the world before the flood. One of it is pharmaceutica, sorcery in English. Uh, Pharmakeia is the Greek for sorcery, right? That's what it means. So basically, it's, it's, this, it's this high-end knowledge, right? So here's a parable of, uh, which is very interesting, wheat and tears. Jesus says that God came and he planted his seed in the garden. And while he was sleeping, whatever that means, the devil came and planted his seed in the garden. And then God's seeds became, you know, wheat. You know, they they grew. And the devil's seeds became tares. And they mixed with the wheat. Tares are genetically modified wheat that just look like wheat. But you don't know that they're different until the time of harvest. They flower in a different way. And you finally can see them too. And so God then comes, you know, and he removes the wheat. He puts it in his barns. And then the, 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 the tares are torn. And, and, and he tells this parable. And the disciples say, what are you talking about? Wheats, tares, you know, wheat are harvested, tares are burnt. And then, so, so Jesus actually, you know, deciphers the parable for them. He reveals the mystery to them. It's one of the only parables that he actually opens up in plain English. He says, the man who planted the seed in the garden is God. The, while he was sleeping, the other one that came is the devil. And the wheat are the sons of God, the sons of the kingdom, and the tares are the sons of the devil. So there's two seeds planted in the human race, right? Cain and Abel, does that go to Cain and Abel as well? Well, it's possible, it's possible, that's a debatable thing. But it, when um, God came to Eve, he said to Eve, or to Adam and Eve, and he said to them, I will put enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. So again, we see there's two seeds mentioned. Mm. And so the hybrids are the seed, are the tares. And, you know, the children of God are the children of Seth, of Noah, those who are drawn to the kingdom of God. But again, as you were saying, it's literal. It's not just symbolic. It's not just about thought or the inclination of the heart and mind of soul and spirit. It's literally genes. You know, stuff is put into the earth physically, and it begins to play out so the, so the parable of the wheat and tears. tares so then at the end of the age um Jesus said that God he will send his angels who will remove the tares and burn them and put the wheatness his... so it's possible that this huge you know uptick in the creation of hybrids that we're seeing today is what this parable ultimately had in mind when it said the end of the age God will come and remove the tares
0: mm.
5: because if these hybrids are the tares then his angels come and they remove all of this and the wheat are ushered into the kingdom of God, which which is this you know this new world order that's coming from heaven itself. It's the only legitimate throne on earth that heaven recognizes—the throne of the Son of King David, who is Jesus Christ. This is the promise that has been made. This was confirmed by Gabriel to to Mary, and this is what we're waiting for as the time of inauguration is happening. And all the nations and all the souls that are to be born are being taught who the King is. And what is this cosmic tale that we're in, which requires such a king, which requires such prophecies, which requires such healings, which is you know uh, where we see ships going and coming. Why are these things happening to us? Because of who we are in the story in, in which we find ourselves. So these guys set up shop over the nations. They present themselves as gods. They have hybrid offerings, but also give knowledge. God chooses Jacob for himself, Israel, speaks to the prophets of Israel, sends his son, where he himself becomes a man of the tribe of Judah from the line of King David. He then speaks, the Son of God, you know, he speaks into the world. The world gets altered as his teachings go out, and the Holy Spirit and the angels promote these teachings. They minister to the nations and call humanity back to fellowship with the living God. And the Judeo-Christian era, the monotheism, is ushered in. The most important book of the world the Bible translated into the language of everyday spoken Latin by Jerome in the 4th century. The Vulgate becomes the most important document in the Western world for 1,400 years. And so, so the world is altered, and in this time, you know, the enemy creates alternative perspectives, but is kind of losing his hold. And then suddenly comes 1947, where God calls back Israel to the nation after the Holocaust to the land, and that is the year where the UFO phenomenon begins. And now we can see that these guys have been rethinking reality for us by removing us from the biblical heavens and earth, where we can we would see them as the host of the heavens and the host of the earth, and we would know that one-third of the host of the heaven has rebelled. We would know that they're behind the age of empire and nations because that's what the Bible would have been recording, like the discussion between Satan and Jesus. They start to create the idea of the universe for us, secularism and inside of the scientific secular religion they reinvent themselves as your friendly aliens come here to rescue us from the Mm -hmm. age of nuclear warfare from disasters of environment and to usher themselves in as the saviors of human race and compete directly with the son of god especially if through genetics they can prolong our lives because that's really what the lord gives which is immortality and healing of death and, and a new body so, so this is well, this is all coming, no doubt. This it's is all coming, no doubt. we're already deep in it, and AI, and AI is going to play a huge role in all of this as well. So we're going to see how the prophecies come together. I'm going to be doing a chapter by chapter study of the Book of Revelation on my Patreon account. It's an audio thing. You know, once you're signed up, you'll see it. The, I'm right. Re- I'm working on it right now. I'm about to release chapter one, and you're going to hear, you know, what it says in that book, chapter by chapter. It's the only book of the Bible that has a blessing to the hearer. Um, of these prophecies. The only Bible books is whoever hears the words of this prophecy is blessed. The only book of the whole Bible that has that seal of blessing. So it's a very important book, but it's still a mystery. A lot of things we don't understand about it. But there are things that we're starting to understand. And it ties into the whole story. The book of Revelation is not an independent book. It's a capstone of the prophetic writings of the Bible. It's, a fun, it's how all the loose ends come together. So you do have to kind of study it from the beginning to see how it got to this point in the story. So, the, God comes with the Son, the Holy Spirit, pushes back the dominion of these beings, ushers in the new age that we're in, but now, coming to the very end of it, when Israel becomes a nation, the UFO phenomenon begins, that's a sign given to us on the same year, a sign from you know, in the heavens that we've entered this cosmic battle, you know, the war of angels is going to come to a head at this time, and now we're seeing that God is allowing the final empire to rise. And in order for this final empire to rise, there has to be some destruction of the world world order as it is. So from its ashes, something you can rise. And I think we should talk about this in our next uh, you know, conversation together, the empires, the age of empire, and how it's coming I, to I, I, I can't we read, all I'm, the characters that are behind, this, behind the story. Yes,
4: we'll leave that for segment three. I appreciate you, Ali. Man, this was profound. Thank you. This was amazing. My audience is really going to appreciate this. This will go on Nino's Corner TV and YouTube, and uh, even Rumble. So this needs to get out there, man. There's I, I wrote so, I wrote down a lot of notes, so
0: anytime we can have
5: a recap at the end and have people ask questions. I know it's a lot of information. Yeah, Ali, I, I,
4: I, thank you so much. You're welcome. So uh, I, I will. I guess in the next couple of
5: weeks we'll do another show. Absolutely. So okay. people can go to my YouTube channel, watch my documentary, sign up for the YouTube channel themselves. And go to my website, thinkagainproductions.com, and sign up for my newsletter so they stay informed. And support me on Patreon and listen to the audio series. Thank you. Until next time. Have a great day. Thank you. Cheers.